you're so much more than just your last month's sales or so much more than your last play or your last game. Welcome everyone to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. And here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Coming up on today's Driving Vision podcast, we go backstage in the Ziegler Auto locker room with nine-year NFL veteran, a vice president of the NFL Players Association, author of Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes, and a current ESPN analyst, but most importantly, a heck of a nice guy driving his own vision to change the world. Joining us today is Sam Acho. Stay tuned after our time with Sam to hear Team Ziegler share their experiences last week at NASCAR's Michigan International Speedway with Michigan State University and the Ziegler-sponsored number 77 race car. But first, we go backstage in the Ziegler locker room. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this special edition of the Driving Vision podcast, Future of Zag Today. So it's a dual episode where we actually have two podcasts joined together as one. So joining us today in the locker room here with the Ziegler Auto Group is Sam Achu. Correct? Acho, Acho. Acho. Yes, Sorry. yes. No, people mess up. I've, I've heard, practiced this no. 10 times. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard Aiko, Achoa, <laughs> like people do the Achu, got Gazuntai, got Okay. Okay, Acho. But trust me, I've heard, okay. I've heard it all. all right. Even my teammates would say, you know, Ocho. Trust me, I'm yeah. like, it's not ESPN, the Ocho. Like, well, welcome to the locker room. Thank you. So Sam. you just finished about an hour presentation with our team that just blew everybody away. This conversation about your vision of the world, I think, is changing the world. So let's start with the first question of the podcast, which is big visions change the world. JFK did it with space. Reagan did it with the wall. Many historical figures, big and small, have done it. What's your vision of the world and how are you seeking to leave your impact in it? First of all, phenomenal question. Phenomenal first question. My vision of the world, I think I'll start with where I want it to be. So I live in Chicago. I live up in Vernon Hills, close to the where the Bears practice. I used to play with the Bears. So it's in the northern suburb. But I spend a lot of time on the west side of Chicago. People talk about, you know, underprivileged neighborhood area. And me and some friends, some other pro athletes got together and we spent some time in this neighborhood and we saw, it was actually in response to the George Floyd murder. We wanted to go yep. and see what's going on. Like we heard about looting and rioting. Let's yeah. figure out what's going on. And we went in and yes, we saw buildings boarded up and glass on the ground, but we took a tour of the neighborhood. And in it, outside of the, the glass and the mess, we noticed something. We noticed that there was a food desert, right? There was two grocery stores and 17 liquor stores in a half mile radius. And so, so my vision of the world sometimes like, man, that's, I feel like what the world is now, but where I wanted to go is what some teammates and friends and I did. We got together with some of the youth in that community and some of the police officers and some of the nonprofit leaders and said, Hey, what if we could do something? What if we could turn one of these liquor stores into a food mart? And we did. And so with the guidance of the, some of the, the young entrepreneurs, as we call them, and, uh, and some pro athletes, about 17 pro athletes raised about half a million dollars and to do wow. this thing. And then wow. the community came behind it and raised another half a million later on. We formed this organization called, this organization, excuse me, this food mart called Austin Harvest, providing wow. a fresh food, fresh community through food, wow. or community through fresh food. And the kids, the young entrepreneurs named it. Well, long story short, when I stepped on the site that used to be a liquor store that was now this fresh food mart yeah. run by these 15 and 16 year olds, it gave me hope. And so my view of the world is this idea of like, we could transform broken things, broken systems, broken people, and we can try to make them whole. And sometimes we're the people who are broken and we need to get in a community of people around us to help 
can make us whole as well. What is it about giving in that way where you actually end up getting more than you give, right? Yeah, people you don't built get this it. place, but yeah. it probably changed your life more than yeah. the giving. Sam, outside of my wedding day, outside of having my first child, uh, people know I'm a person of faith, so giving my life to, yeah. to God. Outside of those three, like that stepping, uh, opening up Austin Harvest was the best moment of my life. And I have a nine-year NFL career and I made good money and went to national championships, all the best moment because it's that transformation. People are broken. Systems are broken physically and literally. And there are ways to help them. I think that's what people here at Ziggler do. It's like, yep. hey man, you meet people. It's like, hey, what if we could help solve your problem? So anyways, that's that's my view of the world. So that actually transitions us into our next question. And for that, we have Zach Terrell here of Western Michigan fame, former quarterback, Western Michigan College, also in the NFL you have that in common, but also Zach is part of our team here at Team Ziggler. We're grateful he is. I'm sitting there in the room listening to you talk, and we've had a few uh, speakers in our locker room over the past couple months. Damon West, who talked about going to prison, came out someone with a deep spiritual connection. PJ Fleck, who defines family, will let Zach share how he defines family. I have an expectation as a member of the public of sports figures as being these egotistical, aggressive, overly adrenaline-ridden individuals and characteristic people, the type of character that just don't care about people around them. And yet some of the most impactful speeches we've heard in our locker room are the exact opposite of that, Zach included. What is it about the message you shared with us today about authenticity and caring? How do those two sides, the stereotype of the athlete and where you are and where Zach is, how does that, what's up with that? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> I think people, we love to put people in boxes. Yeah. Well, you're this football NFL linebacker. There's no way you could be kind or yeah. caring or loving or empathetic, yeah. but I am. And you can do both. You could still be human and be great at what you do. Oh, you work at a, you're, you're a car salesman. There's no way you could actually care about Bingo. me. You yes, know what I mean? There's no way you can actually exactly care about right. me. And it's like, that's oh, wow. Exactly like right. you actually care about my well being, yeah. whether or not I bought you, I buy a car from you or not. And so I think the idea, the reality of authenticity, of being vulnerable and like living that out, people don't see it a lot, especially in this day and age social media where it's like we all want to put our best, not even our best foot, it's better than our best, our, our you yeah. know, edited foot forward. Yeah. It's like, I actually, I want you. I don't want the edited version of you. I want the real you. And I want at least hope that you'd be able to accept the real me as well. Well, yeah. And you talk about putting people in boxes. Like when I hear about you coming to speak to us, you're an outside linebacker by trade in the NFL. And as a quarterback, that scares me because yeah. you tried to hurt people. Like <laughs> yes, right? did. But the first words out of your mouth are talking about love. And love isn't something that's covered in business. It's rarely covered even in the households, right? But love is the key to everything. And we talk about love being a family and we consider ourselves a family. In our mission statement, it's our family to your family, providing you with the ultimate automotive experience. Hmm. Family is forget about me, I love you. Yeah. Love is the sacrifice, right? And when you get up there as somebody who's had the career you've had and talk to all of everybody within a business, hundreds of people listening, the most important thing is love. It's powerful mm -hmm. and it's life-changing. And for most people within an organization, they're not used to hearing that. And I think it was a, it was so quiet in this room, not because people yeah. weren't engaged. Yeah. It's because the, everybody was self-reflecting, including myself. Am I loving the people I'm with? It's not just the customers, right? Yeah. That's a huge part of it. But you even talked about with your brother, are you loving your brother? Yeah. Are you loving the people that you're with every single day? Because that's more, it's even more important than anything else we do is well, loving others. Well, and Zach, Sam made a great comment here in the locker room. He said, you can't love your customers unless you love your team. Yeah. yeah. Or yourself. Yeah. Or yourself. Yeah. 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 
I Which, think about, by the way, I hate that. Yeah, no, I think a lot of us do, you know, and but the coolest thing was, you know, Zach mentioned we don't talk about love a lot in the workplace. But when you ask some someone, like yeah. we asked the, the, some people on the team and they, yeah. they named what love is. They said kindness. They said it looks like empathy, looks like forgiveness and accountability. And so I think people know what they're looking for. And it's just a matter of, OK, are my leaders exemplifying it? Number one. And then number two, we talked about it like, how do I love myself? I talk about it all the time, not out loud, but to myself, like, man, Sam loved me well. I want I want everywhere I go when I, I'm yeah. at my funeral, people to say Sam loved me well. But I've learned I need to include myself. And you have, I have, a, I have a, a seven year old son who's like a mini me. I need to include my son. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we love see, Oh, everybody loves Sam. But and why am I different around him than I am around everybody else? Why do I beat myself up as opposed to be kind to myself? And so, Sam, I think we need to learn how to love ourselves well. And we'll also learn how to love others well as well. Man, such a tough thing. You know, it brings one question up. I, I read, I listened to a podcast you did where you were talking about right before the whole uh, kneeling thing started. Yeah. And you were involved in that. And I think it was George and the Bears yeah. that came to you and said, hey, you know what? He said, what should I do in this case? And what did he say to you? What was his response? So just real quick, like I said, the story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was right when Colin Kaepernick had been kneeling in protest of police brutality in America. Yeah. And it was during the singing of the national anthem. And so many people were up in arms. And at that time, the president said some comments that so some people felt inflammatory. And so a lot of players were ready to do something. We're going to protest. We're going to kneel. Yeah. We're going to not go into whatever, something. And so I wasn't the captain of the team, but for whatever reason, George McCaskey, the chairman of the Bears, John Fox, the head coach of the Bears, and Ryan Pace, the GM of the Bears, came to me the night before the game. And I felt like, I mean, like cornered me. I didn't know. I had nowhere else to go. Yeah. And they said, Sam, what are y'all doing tomorrow for the national anthem? And my response was, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I still need to talk to some of the guys. This is George, the chairman of the team, asking. I still yeah. need to talk to the guys. But I said, hey, whatever we do, George, because he, you know, he was at the team hotel the night before the game. The chairman yeah. doesn't usually come to these meetings. I said, yeah. if we're going to come to this meeting yeah. and be here, uh, we need to know that you have our back. You know, you have our back. And so and I said, if you're going to be here, it might help if you said something. I know he, you don't, you don't love to, you know, you don't want to be the face. You don't want to like be, be right. getting right, but you want to. And so he, he went up front of the team and said, Hey, here's what I would like for you to do. Preference would be for you to, you know, stand with your hand over your heart. But he said, Hey, whatever you do, just do it together. What shows unity and it shows love. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And so it goes back to that point you made about leaders set the tone and the standard for how we love each other. Now, what's interesting about that is, did everyone do the same thing in that case? They didn't, did they? Well, so it was interesting. <laughs> we were all like, we had, after that conversation, after that speech with the, with the, he said, do it together. We usually nights after games, you know, like go get some, you'll eat the ice cream and all yeah. pasta and just hang and talk yeah. about life or game plan, whatever. I mean, we already done the game planning. Well, instead of talking life or talking football, we were talking about what are we going to do? Bingo. <laughs> For hours, right? What are we going to do? Yeah. For yeah. hours. And yeah. so some guys were saying, man, I, I was there when Trayvon Martin was killed. I was playing for the St. Louis Rams. And a lot of my teammates, I don't know if you remember, they did the hands up, don't shoot. Well, one guy yeah. said, I, I was on the team. I didn't do anything. I was afraid then. I'm not going to be afraid now. Yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to kneel. Another guy's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm from Pensacola, Florida, right? I, I don't know. I, I, every game I've ever been, I stand with my hand over my heart. I'm standing with my hand over my heart. That's what I do. And so we, the conversation, another guy, black player said, hey, I, my dad's in the military or my uncle's in the military. My granddad was in the military. My dad served. And they all said, they all asked me to kneel. They all said I should kneel. Yeah. Other guy said, my, my uncle served, my dad served. And they told me to stand with my hand over my heart. So it was like this, what do we do? And we had those conversations. I think everyone or most everyone was heard. Went to sleep that night, woke up the next morning, still not knowing what to do. 
remember a friend of mine texted me this verse. I don't remember what verse it was, but essentially it was one of the verses about like, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer yep. and petition and with thanksgiving, let your requests yep. be made Perfect. known to God, yep. right? And then the peace of God will surpass. And so I, for whatever reason, I went to sleep anxious. I woke up peaceful when I saw mm-hmm. that text. And there was a, a London game. So I think their game happened to be ahead of us. And I saw some guys like taking a knee, some guys, it just looked chaotic. Some guys standing up, some guys in the locker room, some guys out. And I saw a text from someone else that said, hey, what if, what if we all showed unity and we locked arms? And so I went to the locker room, opened the doors, and our team captain looks at me and says, Altro, what are we doing? He's there. The the black player who didn't protest, Trayvon Martin, was there, right there. And the, the white player from Pensacola, Florida, who always said, he was there, all looking. And I said, we're locking arms. So he said, all right, Acho said it, we're doing it. We're locking arms. And so that was our thing. And so I think that gave you guys- You all did that together. We all did that together. So it gave guys an opportunity to, some guys wanted to have their hand over their heart, locking arms. Some guys, if you're tall enough, short enough, maybe you can be on a knee. Like, I don't know, but like we all did it so together. So what's so beautiful about that, Mike, as we think about Team Ziggler, we all bring our own different backgrounds yeah. to this work. We all bring our own different perspectives. And one of the biggest challenges of leadership is trying to figure out how do we show each other love and respect in a place where our backgrounds bring us potentially to different places. The gentleman from Pensacola, the everybody had their own conviction, and yet we have to come together as a team and love each other. Huge props to you for having enough peace of mind to be open to that, to George for allowing that and inspiring that, and for the team to arriving at that point. That's huge leadership and huge love. Well, to your point, Sam, uh, sometimes love does look like confrontation. It does. You know, it, yes. it looks like confronting the those. The best of us in Team Ziggler do that from a, on occasion, right? right? I mean, we just do. That's right. part of our life. Love yeah. doesn't, in, in football, and I'm sure you heard this, Zach, people say uh, either you're coaching it or you're letting it happen. If you love your team and you see people on your team doing the wrong thing, things that will either get them fired or get bad, you would tell them, hey, and correct them. Right. Like a dad, my, my dad loves me as a child. He would correct me. Even now he still helps. Love is guy. correction. Love looks like correction, yeah. but it's a two way street. It's not just people say uh, rules without relationship equals rebellion. Oh, rules without relationship. So like if you have all these rules, but no relationship, why would I listen to you? It's like the right. phrase. People don't care how much, you know, until they until know they how know much, much you care. care. Yeah. Bingo. Mike. Sam, we got to ask you to rewind your clock and take us back to your rookie season in the NFL. You're the new guy. Who was a mentor to you? Somebody that really maybe helped you, touched your life. And what did you learn from him or her? My rookie year, Rich Bartell. It came pretty quick. Yeah. People don't really ask me that. So like Rich Bartell, he was a quarterback, a, a, a third string quarterback like yeah. yeah i know i don't know why i look at zach <laughs> no you 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 said record you you're a legend no he was a third and fourth string quarterback yeah. Yeah. um his job wasn't his job was to be the scout team quarterback yeah. what does that mean that means that hey give the defense a look i want you to go study what the other team does okay and yeah. help prepare the defense for that you're not yeah. going to play on sunday you're not even going to dress you don't even be in a you'll, you'll be in t shirt and short, but that was your job. But Rich loved me well and he loved his team well. Rich would just hang out in the hot tub afterwards because, you you know, just to have conversations with guys because he knew that, yeah, you can have a lot of money, but you can still be miserable. So he would do that. He, you know, served as like our our, our team chap uh, fired our chaplains. He'd stepped in to be the chaplain here wow. for the team. And then he encouraged me, said, hey, Sam, I want you to lead two of these chapels as a rookie oh, wow. in front of my teammates. That's unusual. Unusual. Right? As a, yeah. As a rookie. As a rookie. And then to have another guy leading it, say, I want, I'm going to, instead of taking this thing, this is going to be my thing. No, I want you to do it. Yeah. It's going to be your thing. Yeah. He, he embraced 
his role and he worked harder, just as hard if not harder than most, but he didn't mind serving, didn't mind giving a look. And it was so cool because he always, every day, every practice, he'd have this eye black on under his eyes and, you know, have a, sometimes wear a headband, not always a headband, but just like this eye black and this thing. And so like, that was just his thing and he yeah. took it seriously. And then there was one, we'd, one week or a couple of weeks, we had it we called it like Rich Bartell Day. Yeah. So everybody would wear their eye black and yeah. like do their thing at an arm sleeve. It was, it was not a headband, an arm sleeve. Yeah. And we were all Rich Bartell. That's awesome. So for me, it was him, just that, he didn't care about himself. He cared about how can I serve somebody else? That's yeah. incredible. What's, uh, you know, not many people have made it to the highest level of their sport. We talked about this today. You had a chance to do it, but also do it with your brother. Yeah. What's something maybe that you have learned from him? Um, I've learned work ethic from him. My brother is a hard, hard worker. Like, I don't know anybody that works harder than him. Yeah. If I could be honest. I've learned what excellence looks like from him. Everything he does, he wants to be the best. And it's not just that he wants to set the standard so high where no one else will catch, will reach it. Yeah. yeah. Which is for me, I'm like, oh, I got the job done. Boom. He's like, no, I'm going to do this so well where like no one will be able to touch me after yeah. that. This idea of like, this is what real excellence looks like. I want to push my own limits and do more than any, then forget what other people, I want to do what more than I thought I could ever do. How does he balance that message? How does he balance that fact mm-hmm. with your message about family? connection yeah. and authenticity we're different yeah. are you <laughs> we okay. are i mean so like so that's the thing like i'm, I'm married with kids like, i'm yeah. at a different life stage he's, he's single not. okay he's Good. you know what i mean right. so like right. he, yeah. he his values are still the same they just show up differently like he, yeah. he took, you know he got a chance to take a trip with not his his actual like family wife and kids but he's like you have a group of friends they call themselves the family yeah mm-hmm. it took this group of seven of them took this trip as a, their family yeah and so he does it in his own way exactly. we're all different we all have yeah. different uh life stages and, yeah. and yeah. not even that like different like messages right like my thing is like authenticity and like being vulnerable and that may not be his thing right now his thing is like hey let me show you all how to be excellent i'm gonna set the bar i'm gonna set the bar yeah. i'll figure the other stuff out later other and stuff so i'm out. learning from him but i'm learning from how to be excellent and i'm like oh wow i can i can be vulnerable and excellent even yeah. in the book world right like he's he's got books as well and i'm like man yeah. he's like hey here's some different strategy i know you like you don't want to, he's like, you don't want to write the best book that no one's ever read. My book's called Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. He read it. He's like, this is amazing. Yeah. But let's figure out the marketing for this. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to write the best book that no one's. He's like, this is better than bestsellers. That's awesome. Wow. Right? But his book, boom, automatic bestseller. Strategy. Yeah. Like, so I learned strategy. He, he's, he's, he's amazing. What have you taught him? I think the value, Sam, that you yeah. talked about, that idea of um, like actually being there for somebody. And I think I've seen it differently because I have little kids that I need to be there for. Yeah. He loves to go and to grind and just to, yeah. and I'm learning to be like, Hey man, let's hang. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like let's spend time together. Yeah. I think it can be a good balance. I, 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 and and we love to put people in, you know, in the like, well, no, it's gotta be authentic and whatever, or it's gotta be excellent. You can do both. And so he, I've learned from him how to push even harder and go even further and believe in myself even more. Yeah. And he's learned from me how to be kind. Yeah. Um, to himself, kind to others, but also to be excellent as well, right? We still push each other in our own ways. So there are those across teams, myself included in particular, candidly, that heard your message, resonated with it, but are like, what is that first step? So in my own example, I'm probably a little bit like your brother. To me, it's tough to be quiet and sit in a space. That whole thing I see freaked me out. Like, it's like, that's pretty cool, but that's 
we've talked a little too much about crying and we've talked a little <laughs> bit too much about people with their hand on their arm, right? Yeah. So, so what would you say to Team Ziggler? Not to me, because that'll yeah. get me. That's too. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what, what, what's your advice to that person that says, "Hey, you know what? I need to focus on that. I need to develop that trait or that side, mm-hmm. right? Because we are very aggressive in our team, yeah. right?" Um, Jamie Foxx had a. He was doing this thing with with Stevie Wonder. I think when he was getting ready to to act as Stevie yeah. Wonder, and they were playing piano together. And I think, Sam, this will go to you, but also to the people who are all achievers. And they were playing, playing, playing. And Stevie obviously can't see, but he's playing. And Jamie messes up a note. And Stevie kind of turns at him, looks at him, says, now, why would you go and do that? Right? (laughs) And Jamie Foxx like, well, I don't know. I got nervous. I I got nervous, right? And Stevie looks at him and he says, take the time. That is impactful. Take the time to play the right note. When before my ESPN hits, every time I would write, like, you know, you're on TV for a 15, it could be a 15 second hit or yeah, one hour, yeah. but it's like, yeah. I'd write down, take the time to play the right note. And that note might be you know, how you interact with people. Yeah. And that note is important, that note playing it right. But that time is also important. Like if you keep on running at the rate in which you are running, you will fall and you will fail. You will be alone. You will be empty. You will be miserable. I've seen it firsthand. People say that, but that's not totally true. You can run a long time. You can run fair. a long time. Yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah. But you might be alone. I, I'm yeah, just saying. That's I've seen, true. I've seen guys who make it. They're you know each week air check is over a million dollars. Yeah. Every single week, have zero <laughs> friends. Yeah. Have are miserable. This life they is not about money. Well, you could gain the whole world and lose your soul. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Ooh. I mean, but yeah. for but for Rome. Yeah. 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 So. That's what you're talking about. That's yeah. a great quote. Yeah. yeah. So I would just, I mean, I would just say like, take the time, even if it's on yourself. Like, and it, you know, my brother's not one to cry. I didn't think I was one to cry, you know, but I mean, I've seen it firsthand that you can be a person of integrity and a person of excellence and a person who achieves and also like love yourself. Well, it's, it's a lie that you have to just, I got to run as fast as I can. Like, what are you running from? Somebody asked me that one time or where are you running to ask yourself, take your time and ask yourself that question. Why am I doing this? Is it because I didn't get recognition when I was in, for me, it was like all these awards, Campbell trophy, Warfel trophy, yeah. all these NFL part of it was like, I wanted validation. But if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. So you cannot live for people's acceptance. Yeah. What is good enough for you? I think we need to learn that. And you both came to that, that moment, both Sam and Zach, you came into sports, maybe not totally that way, Zach. Yeah. What is it about sports and that competition that brought you to that? Well, I think you find it through, through what gets you to that point. So when at the end, it's a result, you win an award. Think of all the failures that led up to that point. Like I went one in 11 my freshman year. And then at my senior- Sam, did you ever go one in 11 by the way? Not at Texas, that would never flop. (laughs) But we we did go five and seven one year, worst record in 40 years, 50 years. So yeah. So one in 11 is worse. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So you go through all those failures. So I think you talked about it when you talked today about humility, right? Yeah. You get humbled really quickly. And then you start to realize, okay, (laughs) yeah, sure. Everybody thinks I'm the greatest thing since sliced Mm -hmm. bread right now. But let's not forget who I was. I'm the same person four years ago, right? I just have a different result right now. So I think that that teaches you a lot of humility and it reminds you how bad it can truly be, right? Yeah, It's great right now. And it's nice to to be in that moment, but you can't live in that moment. That's good. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better, Zach. It's I think sports can teach, has taught me a couple of things. Number one, 
trying to figure out how to say this in a positive way. People oftentimes say you're only as good as your last play yeah. in so many ways or your last We game. say and we're only as good as our last month. That's, that's right. right. We say right. Here. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. But I would say you're more than that. I had a coach who would have this thing on our wall and maybe it worked, maybe it didn't, but it's the thing it says, you are what you put on tape, right? You are what you put on tape. I, the point of it was like, hey, you know, it's only what 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 are you consistently doing? That's who you are. But I always feel like, man, I'm more than I, I hated walking into that room and feeling like I am what I put on tape. Like, because I think I'm more than that, right? If I have a great day, oh, I'm great. If I didn't have a best practice, oh, I'm the worst. I didn't. That didn't really sit well with me. I think you're so much more than just your last month's of sales, or so much more than your your last play or your last game. I think a lot of us, some of us are fathers, some of us are husband. Some of us are are listening. We're, you know, we're, we're so much more than what we put on tape. And I think football in the negative light taught me that. Cause I used to think, oh man, if I, I had a, I had a good play, I'd look to the sideline and be like, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I feel good. <laughs> I'd have a bad play. I looked to the sideline. They'd all have their head down. Look, wait, <laughs> oh, who am I? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I realized, you know what? I know who I am yeah. and I know I'll be better the next time. Yeah. So I'm okay. I'm okay. And I don't, a lot of us don't understand. Like, trust me, I'm, I know you talk about my brother, but like, I'm, I, that's, I played nine years in yeah. NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've won uh, yeah. any award, our, our team, our, our, my last year in, in college, I won nine of the 12 team awards. Like, wow. I'm going to, I'm getting inducted to the Texas, University of Texas Hall of Fame yeah. in, 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 in a few week, m- weeks or months. So I get achieving. Yeah. For, for most, you will end up being lonely. If that's your only goal and only what you put on tape, yeah. it'll be, it's a lonely road. And yeah. if, you know what I mean? And like, I, I just want more. I want, I think we should, I, I would love for us to have more out of life than just sales and numbers. I want us to have joy and like real joy. What a beautiful message you've brought into the locker room here with Team Ziggler. We're so grateful to you for that. This message of, I see you, right? We yeah. we can love, we can be there for each other. We can serve each other as a team in ways that not only serve each other, but ultimately benefit the customers that, that we serve. So thank you so much for taking time with us today, Sam. And uh, thank you all, Zach and uh, Mike, for being uh, in the show. And uh, we appreciate you. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Hey, Team Ziggler. This is Carmen D'Onofrio, service manager, John Burke, CDJ, and Alfa Romeo Maserati. Hanging out with friends at the Michigan International Speedway. About to watch a race. Lots of fun. Hey, Team Ziggler. It's Araya Daniels. We're out at MIS today. I'm here with Jason from Kalamazoo. Hey, Jason, you're having a good time? Oh, my gosh. This is amazing, Araya. Thank you so much for Ziggler sponsoring this event. I brought my son. It was his birthday yesterday. It was a great time. Go Josh Balicki. Go MSU. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Hey, Team Ziggler, it's Araya back here at MIS. I'm here with Derek Jones. Derek, how's it going? It's going awesome. It's extremely hot, but hey, we're having a great oh, time. Oh, yeah, it's so much fun, right? Yeah. Great food, obviously. We're getting ready to do some more uh, door prizes here, and everyone's having a great time, so. Yeah, the drink, drinks are good. The food's good. Josh Blicky was here. We're rooting him on today. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much. Hey, Team Ziggler. It's Araya Daniels out of MIS again today. I'm here with Sean Reardon. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Going great. Awesome. You having a great time today? Great time. Me and my family came out today. I really appreciate the invite. Awesome. All right. It looks like I've got your daughter here. Is that right? Yeah. What's your name, Mom? Kaden. Kaden, you having a great time today? Awesome. Yep. We're having a really great time. Good food. Good 
good drink, lots of great door prizes. And uh, lot, lots of heat. Lots of heat, but we are certainly staying cool in the tent. So awesome. Well, thanks so much, Sean. Hey, Team Ziggler, you got Kyle and Brittany Fame in here. Brittany, where are we at today? We're at the Michigan Speedway for the Firekeepers 400 race. And we're having a great time with all members of Team Ziggler at Michigan State to represent the number 77 Josh Balicki race, Michigan State race car. And it's really, truly amazing to see all the support out here. Um, and today we're hoping for a good race and see if Josh can take down that number one. Brittany, you got any added comments? Nope, we're having a blast. All right, thanks Team Ziggler. Hi, this is Chris from the Lowell Store. Thank you, Team Ziggler, for having us out to MIS for a fantastic day of NASCAR and to watch Josh Palicki drive the 77 Ziggler MSU Chevrolet. Go green. This is Chris Carroll reporting live from Michigan International Speedway. Looks like we just got cleared of the rain. We are ready to race. The drivers just fired up their cars, and I am rooting for number 77, Josh Palicki, in the Ziggler Auto Group Michigan State car. Hi, my name is Justin Leroy. I work for the Ziggler Auto Group here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, I just want to thank the Ziggler Auto Group and Josh Balicki Racing for a great, wonderful Sunday afternoon at MIS Speedway, Michigan International Speedway. Uh, food was great. The beer was good. Um, got to meet a couple other NASCAR drivers besides Josh Balicki there. Um, I'm taking my dad. He's a retiree, um, so he loved it too. Um, so looking forward to next year. And just want to thank Team Ziggler for the opportunity to go to MIS. And you all have a wonderful day. What is up, Team Ziggler? This is Connor McLeod with our forward store here in Plainwell. I was very fortunate enough to be able to attend the race at MIS this past weekend. Overall, it's been a great experience. I mean, we got to see Josh firsthand, see what goes through the whole NASCAR team, what it takes to be a winner, to be honest with you. And it was just cool to see how much every single person on the team is involved with just the whole process of it all. We got to go in the pits as well. I think that was like my favorite part. Just watch pit stops, see how quick those guys move. And honestly, you can just tell they dedicate their whole lives to that stuff. So it's it's super impressive to watch firsthand. I was very fortunate enough to be there. And it was also great seeing Coach Tucker and Coach Izzo and just being in the presence of two legends in the Big Ten world. And overall, I mean, I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. It was just very thankful I got the opportunity. And uh, if you do ever have the opportunity, I would 100% suggest going. Hey, Team Ziggler, Mike Van Ryan here. I wanted to give us. Special shout out of recognition to Matt Thomas, Araya Daniels, and Jake Daniels for everything they did behind the scenes, just helping out going into the NASCAR race at MIS and on the actual days of the event. So great job to them. Awesome teamwork. And we're thankful for their leadership so that everyone else could enjoy the weekend at MIS watching NASCAR great Josh Palicki. Thank you. A special thanks to Sam Acho for joining us backstage, sharing his vision of the world, and to those from Team Ziggler who shared their experiences at MIS. A huge thanks to you, our weekly listener, for continuing to make us one of the most listened to podcasts in all business. Until next week, how are you driving vision today?